Hello and welcome to episode 1173 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, May 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr. Joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good day. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's a, it's a Monday, so I'm not I'm not Garfielding it up and and hating Mondays, but you got to get the week started. There's a certain cadence to every day and kicking off the week uh, with a lot of uh, preparation for everything that's coming up. I'm excited for another week of baseball. How was your weekend? Oh, weekend was uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, another Fabapalooza weekend mm-hmm. where uh, other people spent way too much money, and I was like. Hey, look what I got! My seven dollar pickups and stuff like that. So get your uh, little, uh, your little knickknack pickups that you're like, hmm, I like these. Yeah, I was just talking to Sarah Sanchez for uh, her new uh, fantasy podcast. Um, literally right before we started recording, and I said, it's, uh, it's, at some point, other people run out of money, right? Like this isn't a credit situation where they can be like, <laughs> like I'm gonna put this on the card and pay it off like next year or something like that. Like, and you're at you're some in a league point, with. Like, Everyone in your league has 720 credit too, so you're screwed, man. They're get they're getting funded for you know 1200, 1500 uh, fab to your 1000, so it, you're in trouble. It definitely feels that way because I think this is like like the third week in a row where people have spent like three to four hundred dollars on players in my. Main I will event. say, I did speculate. It, it didn't affect my bidding at all. I wasn't going super competitive on Miller, and we're going to get into facts and figures here in a moment. But I did surmise, speculate, wish cast perhaps that Bryce Miller's prices might be down a little bit simply due to the fact that we're getting a a hot prospect or three every weekend. And how are people going to still have money? But like you, I quickly learned people still have money and they're spending it. Yeah, because I mean, Bryce Miller and like I said, we're going to talk about it here in a second. But Bryce Miller went for four hundred twenty seven dollars in my league. Crazy. I mean, you were one of the highest leagues. So, yeah, yeah. we're going to get into that. We'll talk a couple pieces of news. We'll get into the keeps or the pickups of the week uh, for deep leagues as well as some of the shallow ones. Only a couple repeats. And, you know, if we repeat somebody from the last week moving down from the deeper league to the shallow, there's also a week in data. So we're not just trying to repeat them and say the exact same things. Also curious, you know, how your feelings are changing on that player. Are they worth kind of going into the shallower formats? And then for the first week in a while, maybe all season, I, I kind of want to say all season, we have a bit of a closer uh, uh, bonanza, so to speak. It's not a fabapalooza or anything. These aren't named closers, but there really hasn't been much by way of, of guys popping up for saves. And this week we had five guys of note that I want to get into. So we will close with that. But let's start with a, a pretty decent call up, especially if he can stay hot. I will quickly point out, I'll throw a little cold water on it and say it's a little Dennis Green. He is who we thought he was in terms of his core skills, but Christopher Morrell was called up for the Cubs. Because he's absolutely tearing the cover off the ball in the minors. Again, still striking out too much. Uh, his walk rate is is okay. I mean, it was it was decent last year at nine percent. It's at it's actually at thirteen percent. I'm sure he's being pitched around a bit, but his swing and miss is still there in a big way. But a four twenty nine BABIP with a guy who has power and speed leads to a eleven fifty six OPS, eleven homers, four steals. 31 runs and ribbies each, not combined. Christopher Morell is just killing it. Where do you balance the fact that he's dominating? He's getting called up. He can play a bunch of spots. I think you might have liked him a little bit before the season, but you can correct me on that. But you didn't. Okay, so you didn't like a guy versus the fact that, yes, he's hot. But again, our biggest concerns 
are unchanged. What do you think of Christopher Morrell coming up for the Cubs? Christopher Morrell had the worst zone contact in all of baseball last year. Um, I mean, There's a reason he moved from one to nine. Just want to throw yeah. that in as, as uh, the season went along. He is the epitome of a quad A player to me. Like I just, okay. I, I don't think he is going to hit enough regularly to uh, to be able to kind of overcome the huge issues with strike zone judgment and, and swing judgment. Um, and while there is power and there is speed and there will be hot streaks, the problem is this Cubs team is not as bad as it was last year. And yep. he, if he wants to be anything more than just like a super utility guy, which is, I think, what he's going to be, yep. um, then he's got to figure out how to make contact in the zone. Because, like, if, if he's like, yes, he was super hot in AAA, but if he comes up and hits 210 and is striking out 40% of the time, he's going right back down to AAA. So I completely agree here with Morrell. It is a situation where, um, there's also the fact that the guy that they called up and we don't have to like save the name. It's Matt Mervis. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about him and the pickups as well. Um, he actually blocks off Morell in a way because you can't send Patrick wisdom over to first. Cause now yep. first is locked by Mervis third is wisdom. And so Morell's actually been playing more outfield in the minors than anything else. And the outfield is probably the strength of this ball club with yep. Hap Suzuki and Bellinger. So it is going to be a kind of give everybody a sit and there's value in that. And you can get enough PT for that with Christopher Morrell, uh, you know, kind of playing everywhere. He's not in the lineup today, by the way, I, sh- I should note against a righty. So I don't know, man, I think people are going to get excited. I almost wish he'd have been called up this weekend and kind of got swept up and everything and, and overpaid for. Cause I do think if he has a week of, of just modest output and playing like every other day, then he'll probably go for fair prices. And I would like to see people kind of overspend on Morrell. So this is my warning that for me personally, I would say be careful. If you need a, a bat, I'm okay going for him. But if you start pushing beyond, I don't know, what, 50 bucks out of 1000 I think I think that's about my limit. Yeah, I mean, he went for 61 in my league last week. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. And he was drafted in a lot of leagues, so now available. So he isn't even 100% available, Morrell. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I mean, how much different is he than Ezekiel Duran? Um, exactly. And, and, and it's just because he's getting called up and hasn't done anything this year. People are going to dream on it. You got to look at the skills and who he realistically is. And Christopher Morrell is Ezekiel Duran. That is a perfect comp. We don't even need to expound any further yeah. on it. What would you have spent for Ezekiel Duran? Maybe lowered a I shred. spent $27. Okay. And I, I spent something around there too. I also have Ezekiel Duran. And I would say lower it a shred for a lesser team. Cubs are better this year than they than they were, but I think Texas is better. So maybe lower it a little bit for team context, and then go from there. I That's think it. the only difference. I mean, Texas. I think it was Jason that sent us like the text about like or the tweet about like um, like how good offensively Texas has been uh, mm-hmm. to start the season. But Texas has more holes in it, so Duran can find easier paths to play. Exactly. Uh, yep. Whereas. The Cubs aren't as good as Texas offensively, but they don't have any holes. Like especially now that Mervis is up, like I don't know where where Morrell plays on a regular basis. So I, think I, I don't think he has a set spot. Off. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is the give everyone a day off type of deal there for Christopher Morrell. And by the way, I forgot in Maine, I actually lost Ezekiel Duran 
uh, in a bid. I got him in another league, but I, I spent around that 20s area as well that you did. So um, maybe 50 is even too high for Morel. That was a number I kind of randomly threw out. Probably wouldn't even pay that much. If he has a hot week, he might get caught up in like a triple digit thing and you don't want to be in that. Yeah, I really I don't, don't believe to. you do. Uh, another potential call-up that could be fun. He could be this week's uh, big prospect call-up, Luis Ortiz for Pittsburgh. I remember drafting him back in the fall. So we're talking uh, November drafts, drafting him because we were assuming like, okay, you know, he got a little taste of the league. He's going to be called up and, and start the season with the ball club. Well, that was not the case. And by the by the time draft season rolled around, he was not being drafted at all, Luis Ortiz, for the most part, outside of draft champions, of course. And that's where I got him, so it's like not the end of the world. But I definitely drafted him way too early for somebody who didn't even break camp. Um, standard pitching prospect, right? Uh, massive stuff, huge velo, big-time slider. Doesn't really know where the ball's going all the time. Had a 15% walk rate in the majors last year, down to 9% in AAA so far this year, but it's always been a bit better in the minors. Um, I do think he has command and control issues. I think that's kind of the hurdle for Luis Ortiz, but how excited are you about Ortiz on the Pirates? And it's Luis L. Ortiz, because I believe there's a couple Luis Ortiz's out there, so make sure you're getting the right guy. Don't get Nick Allen. Yeah, this is a real bummer that NFBC has the rule where like you can't pick up a guy who wasn't drafted until they debut because I mentioned Luis Ortiz last week with you well, we on talked the about air. Velasquez. Uh, I said like pick him up because he's going to be coming up. I couldn't pick him up in the places where I really would have liked to pick him up in NFBC. Um I really like Luis Ortiz. Yes, the walks can be an issue, but like that part protects him a little bit. That offense is a lot better than uh we thought it was going to be, right? And so like there's actually yeah. win potential in Pittsburgh that there isn't in uh, They are coming leagues. down a little bit though. Yeah. This last week was a little bit of a reality check. I kind of want to see how they respond after getting punched. They also lost like both McCutcheon and Bay. Exactly. Um, and so. and of course Velasquez too. I know that's on the pitching side, not the hitting side. But yeah, they've taken some hits. They've had a little bit of a struggle. I'm eager to see how they bounce back to say we are real or do they fold and become but, mediocre as hell. But anyway, and, as, about Ortiz. And But I mean, here's the one kind of really nice thing about Luis Ortiz what is one of the really big downsides of picking up these starting pitchers? Uh, you know, these rookie starting pitchers that have been coming up. The price? Well, I mean, the or, price the, is, or the innings. Well, it's what we saw with Taj, Taj Bradley, right? It's they can go back down to the minor leagues. Yes. Uh, the Pirates only have one other starting pitcher on the 40 man roster in AAA. Ooh. Luis Ortiz is not going back down unless Vince Velasquez comes back healthy. Um, so you're seeing some stability here. I with, think there's uh, a lot higher Ortiz. floor in terms of innings than there is on the Mason Millers and even the Bybees and the Logan Allens and the Bryce Millers because there are no other options for yeah. the Pirates right now unless someone I, I, take someone off their 40-man. Like I might not I, include Bryce in that because he's filling in for somebody who is out for the year in Robbie yeah. Ray. Mm -hmm. But I think the other guys do make some sense. The Cleveland guys can almost cannibalize each other, right? They yeah. can kind of they, take they, time from each other. They also have Gavin Williams, like, yes, who keep at hit. some point is going to Keep tabs on up. him. You he know? could be every bit as good as the other two, Allen and, and Bybee. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. They're such a freaking factory. But I like this call with Ortiz. I like him as well. Um, and the opportunity 
could be there to really stick for a while here, if not the, the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely 15s viable. I think there's some 12 viability depending on where you're at here. Mm-hmm. We're going to get an opportunity to see him this week. It, it would be a shorter leash. So thus a lower price that I'm paying for Ortiz and 12s, of course. But I, I don't even mind putting him in my in my bid lists here. Obviously, we'll see who all the pitchers are that are yeah. available at the end of the week. The only part that sucks is because the Pirates have a five-game week and his start is against the Rockies at home. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's going he's gonna to freaking deal against the Rockies. And then he lines up for a two-start week that starts off with your Tigers at home next uh, week. He's going to be, be super, super expensive. So, like, if yeah. you're in a league where you've got mid week pickups or like even daily pick, like go grab him now yeah if you believe price, in ortiz don't wait for, for those of us in weekly leagues especially like nfbc leagues where you couldn't pick him up over the weekend the price is gonna be the three four hundred dollars potentially that we just saw um yeah. i will I say mean, though it, it could be i will say like uh in my league johan oviedo got dropped in my main um Ooh. go pick up johan oviedo the underlying numbers are fine i'm an oviedo guy as well and like I said, with Luis Ortiz, um, there's nobody else to replace him. He's going to keep getting run out because they don't have anybody else on the 40 man. Um, or they only have one other guy who I've never even heard of on the 40 man. Um, so go get, if Johan Oviedo got dropped, I literally just wrote him up for my, uh, buy low sell high article Mm -hmm. for fantasy pros. Like if he gets dropped in your league, like he just got dropped in my main event, go grab him. Yeah, a few bad starts here, but I still like the skills. You're still looking at a 384 FIP, 462 Sierra to, to his 559 ERA. So, yeah, I think there could be some love there for Oviedo to bounce back. I like that call out. All right, let's get into some pickups here. Let's focus on the deep league guys. These are also some of these guys are picked up in the shower formats, but they made the, uh, the the rounds here in the deep leagues. Bryce Miller, we talked about him already. Got some facts and figures with him. Picked up in all the main events, of course, because uh, he wasn't drafted anywhere. And uh, we work with a thousand budget. And so the max was 468. So your 420 something was not too mm-hmm. far off the max. The average was 355. The backups were an average of 305. The low was 192, and it was the only one below 200. Again, reiterate something I said earlier. My take, my my guess uh, that that uh, Bryce Miller would be a bit lower because people are running out of money was patently false. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it simply just was not the case. He was every bit as expensive as these other guys that have come up. It helped that he had a Sunday gem. And mm-hmm. Sunday, I, I wish somebody would study this. You know, uh, what what happens to prices with guys who pitch or or hit well on Sunday? And it goes through the freaking roof. So that was the case with Bryce Miller. Were you even trying to get him? My guess is obviously no, because you've been talking all season about not spending big bucks like that. I mean, I put in a triple-digit bid on him. but Okay, like, like 200? I, yeah, it was like 117 or something like that. Um, but... I wasn't even like I said. He went for four hundred and twenty-seven dollars yeah. in my league. Uh, he went over three in mine. Um, oh no, over four. Meatball Mafia. Um, Rob DiPietro, four hundred and two. He went for four hundred dollars or more in twelve man event leagues. I mean, this was not like an isolated incident of oh one or two leagues. He went for over four hundred dollars, um, and he only went for under three hundred dollars in six man event leagues. Yep. Um, yep. So like it was, yeah. it was nuts. 
And again, Which I, I understand he was fantastic. And he like, you could understand it after his first start because his first start was versus the A's. But yeah. like, then he goes out and just dominates blast on bid day. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you that added that that's adding like 70, 80 bucks. I really don't yeah. think it's out of pocket to suggest that it was adding that much. Not that people wouldn't have liked them and put big bids, but it added money. I, I firmly believe that with uh, Bryce Miller. Now I'm, I'm not as big on Bryce Miller as I was on Bybee or Logan Allen. And so like, for me, like to spend that kind of money, I feel like is a little bit foolish. I worry that there is going to be Homer problems down the stretch for him, especially as things start. Uh, Like he doesn't profile to have like amazing command. Um, He's, he's filling up the zone right now. He's not walking guys. And so like, maybe he gets away with it once the homers do start coming because He's not like he's not putting two guys on base, but he does have like a 90% zone contact rate, which is not what you really want to see because at some point those hits start to fall. Uh, and if he does start giving up home runs, like this could get ugly quick. But mm-hmm. with the landscape of starting pitching in general, I totally understand why people did because you know, I've, I've I talked about this with Jason yesterday. Like, my main event team is in like I think third place with like 95 nice. points and I Very have a nice. five ERA and a one forty whip. Oh, um, wow. And that was after like some gem pitching yesterday. Our like, teams but, together would be a super team. Cause I, oh. I, my team sucks as I've outlined all year. I won't bog you mm-hmm. down with that, but the pitching is actually kind of decent. It's the hitting right now. So if we could just combine into a super team, I, uh, I we're ready to go. I would love that because if I could have just freaking average ratios right now i'd probably be like in like the race for an overall or something like that but, yeah um yeah I, I just i i just worry that this one could get ugly maybe i'm okay. wrong may, well, may, may, you know he, he i mean like i said he looked fantastic in both starts he didn't have command issues is bryce but, miller following in the footsteps of like logan gilbert and and George Kirby, where he's where he's a real control artist. I don't think he is. Okay, I think, I'm just I wondering. He, I'm, I'm only going off of the the um, the walk rates specifically. I, I don't know enough. I mean, I've watched the two starts, but I didn't watch Bryce Miller coming up enough to know if if that was his a, a trait of his or not. I mean, our grade has him for a 30 current command and a 40 future oh. command. Um, I think he's I think he's much more of a stuff over command guy, uh, okay. so I don't think he is like a, a Gilbert or a Kirby. Uh, but like I said, the command has looked good so far. So like maybe this was you know, prospect guys can't get everything right. Like you know they do True. a lot better job than I think they even get credit for. Oh um, yeah, it gets better but, every year. I think yeah the, and, the analysis on it. Uh, but. Um, I, I do have some concerns that command may be an issue at some point for him. And then what happens? So okay. um, yeah. we'll keep tabs on that with Bryce Miller, but obviously the big spe- expenditure, uh, all formats play right now, definitely picking him up and going for Bryce Miller. Let's talk Matt Mervis, who we hinted at earlier, got the facts and figures on him too. Just these top two, cause these were the real linchpin guys this week and then didn't do the numbers for everybody. But in the main events, he went in a bunch of them. There were a few where uh, Matt Mervis was kept over from being drafted. People hung on, but he went for 421 as a max, 224 on average with a 173 backup on average, 113 was the was the low there. So not on that same level as um, as Bryce Miller, but plenty of love for Matt Mervis. We did discuss him on Friday. 
Were you in on any bidding? Did you pick up Matt Mervis anywhere? Um, I can't remember if I. I don't think I won Mervis anywhere, but let me let me double check to make sure. Um, I think the only places, yeah, the only places I've got him were the places I drafted him, uh, in in draft and hold uh, or gladiator type style leagues uh, from beginning uh, in the season. So, uh, I tried. I wanted Matt Mervis, but I also was not going to spend two hundred plus on him. Uh, yeah. and he just went for way too much. Like 281 uh, in my league. And like, I, yeah, he went to need offense in mine. Okay. So yeah, right. Right. in lockstep with our two weeks. I, I, I need offense, but, um, I actually don't really need first base. First base corner is kind of locked up. Uh, first base corner DH. I'm really kind of locked there. So I couldn't even really use him. So I'm going to spend 200 bucks to, to not, you know, not, not, not play him. Of course I'd put him in. But I, I don't know. I'm still sticking with some other guys, so I kind of need a middle infielder to come up and, and pop off. Yeah, and for me, like I could have really used him in like my uh, my my auction league, um, my fifteen hundred dollar auction, um, because right now I've got uh, Harold Ramirez as my first baseman, who's been really good. But yeah. like I'd, I'd much prefer him to be a guy that can move around my lineup with that outfield eligibility. But I just I couldn't rationalize spending two hundred plus bucks on him, and that's where he went. Pretty much no, in I, every league. I, I like Mervis. Again, we talked about him on Friday. You can get the breakdown there. But I just uh I, I couldn't I couldn't see myself spending that kind of money on a first baseman, even someone who I think is gonna hit for power and possibly some batting average. So uh that's Matt Mervis, but yeah, definitely I think he's also in all formats pickup. Uh particularly if you use CI. If not, there are some ten teams where maybe he could still linger out there. Yeah. I don't think that that's crazy. But I think twelves, fifteens. Uh, with the CI, you're definitely wanting to pick up Matt Mervis. Let's talk JP France. Kind of a non-prospect here for the Astros. Uh, coverage for Luis Garcia right now, who's obviously out for the year. Came up, had a good outing. Was that on Saturday or Sunday? I think it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Okay, so not as impactful. Saturday does will uh, improve the bidding too, but just not to the same level as what a Sunday performance will. But he put five five scoreless up with three hits, a walk, five strikeouts at Seattle. Good stuff out of JP France. 28 years old though. Um, I mean, has had good numbers in the minors, usually with a big walk rate. So I think that's kind of the issue that we have to worry about. There is, looks like there's some swing and miss here. And Houston is a, a franchise that we kind of, you know, an organization that we trust. Did you have any love for JP France as like a, a pivot option off of Miller? Because you could get him much cheaper, of course. So he was a guy that was a bit under the radar and so much under the radar that I forgot to include him in a rundown on Sunday. Um, but I ended up, did, I did put some bids on uh, him and got him in a couple leagues, including TGFBI. Uh, where I got him for like 27 bucks uh, with a $1 backup. Bid. Um, and so like, I was a little surprised um, I was able to get him. He's got really good stuff. Uh, the question is going to be, and, and Eno even tweeted this out, that like in AAA he had top 20 starter stuff. Um, but the command is is a big issue. It's rough. Um, yeah. So uh, it, I, I took the gamble on him because he was a lot cheaper. Uh, and because Houston's rotation is currently being held together by duct tape. Um, yeah, because we're, we're going to get into another guy a little bit later. I mean, actually, we can just move him up and talk Brandon yeah. Belak at the same time. Why not? So did you have Belak any is Belak. Belak is like the exact opposite, right? Like he's Command and control. He, yep. He yep, does yep, not yep. have, like, 
he has stuff minus while um, uh, France has stuff plus. Uh, and but he's got really good command and control. Uh, and so in in leagues where the, there isn't a lot out there, Belak becomes a little bit more interesting, you know, in 15 team leagues, because I think there's a much better chance he sticks in the rotation because there'll be less blow ups. Um, but the upside is not super interesting. Like, I don't think he like even profiles like at best as like a top 50 starter in fantasy. So um, whereas like France, if he can like even just get by with his control and command, like I think, I think France could be really, really interesting um, yeah. rest of the way. So uh, I was more interested in France, but Bilak was in my waterfalls. He was just below France. So I ended up with France more often. Okay. I think that's totally fine there. Um, again, I really wasn't, you know, not, don't need a rundown of whether or not I bought those guys. I didn't, but uh, they both interest me. Again, Houston's one of those teams that I do give trust to kind of, pardon me, uh, just to gasp some air there. Uh, inherently kind of believe in, in some of their pitchers. So I'm always looking to give a second look there. Uh, France, definitely the more encouraging option there because of strikeout stuff. It plays more in fantasy. Um, JP Sears. Neither, neither were my top pickup of the week in terms of pitching. And yeah. That guy isn't even on the list. So it's who fine. was? Um, I got Johnny Brito in like every league. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk Johnny Brito. Let's talk Johnny Brito after JP. Sears. I mean, he, he's got to start. He's got to start it against the A's. Against That's Oakland. Yeah. What it was. Yeah, so it's just a short-term stream pickup, and I think he lines up for a two-step next week. So, no, that, that's um, that's well against the A's, and I keep him, and then, you know, um, and if he doesn't, then I don't, you know. Okay. No, nothing else you want to say about him? I mean, he's had some no, good no, starts. Just, he's had, you know, he had a little fall off. He's I mean, been he's up like, and down. He's but a streamer. Like, he's a classic streamer. Yeah, right? he's 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 a perfect streamer, and nothing is like a. There's no better stream than against the Oakland A's. Exactly, and then, like you said, well. How good would he have to be for you to start Johnny Brito at Toronto at Cincy? That's the two-step. Is there anything you can do against Oakland? Because it's still did, Oakland. Is Vlad Guerrero healthy? Like, I don't – did he hit the IL or is he just still day-to-day? I don't even know. I think um, it's just day-to-day right now. Would that change it enough to get you anyway? It depends on how good he is um, against the A's. We'll be reevaluated uh, Tuesday. So, yeah, I mean, with Brito, you know – I don't think I don't think he could do enough against the A's for you. Though. It really but depends again, on what my other options are. Like also true. Honest, also true. Yeah. What worthy stream though? I think you, you were right to pick him up. So let's talk about those A's and JP Sears, uh, because he's another guy who's been getting picked up uh, here and there. Still making some deep league rounds, making some shallow league rounds here and there. He gets a two step this week. He's coming off of another good start. He had the 11K start against Texas where he did allow four runs. So like ERA wise, it wasn't good, but I'm always impressed by 11 Ks. Um, even if you give up a few extra runs there, that kind of spoil it from being a quote unquote quality start. And then he got beat up by the angels, which there's really no shame in that. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. It was really one bad inning. Uh, I watched that start because Otani was pitching in there and it really was just the one bad inning that got Sears, but Hey, those runs count the same. It just wasn't a labored struggle. Uh, and he bounced back with a beautiful start, six innings scoreless against Seattle with 7K. So now we've seen two good, uh, or actually three good out of his last four, is J.P. Sears coming up on a two-step, somebody that gave you any interest this week. He goes to New York, which isn't as scary, that's uh, at the Yankees, and home to Texas. What do you think of J.P. Sears? 
Uh, I picked him up in a couple leagues, and I'm rolling with it. Uh, it's super risky, and you probably shouldn't roll with it. Um, only because I know that the A's just got their first win for a starter. Yeah. Uh, Didn't they get two in a row? They might have, yeah. I, th- I think they, they you know, none all year. I think I heard this on the Sunday night, Rotowire. None for the whole year, and then bam, bam, two in a row. Just the way baseball always works with weird shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it feels super risky, especially the Yankees are getting Aaron Judge back, most likely for his start. Are they getting him uh, today? Because um, today is this year's start. So if it's not oh, today, no, no, then we're good. Oh, so it's tomorrow, tomorrow. So, we're good um, then. Um, uh, yeah, ju- I think Judge is, is they're saying tomorrow he should, he should be back. As long as Sears he- is a full go today. Then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm rolling him out there because it's either that or, or keep rolling out Brady Singer, who just is murdering me, but... Dude, um, I I mean, I'll we don't have enough time to get in. We don't have enough time to get into him. I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know who saw this coming. You could say you didn't believe in Brandy Singer. That's fine. Like, but I this think is the, this is the issue with two start or two pitch pitchers, right? Is yeah, if you don't have one of your pitches, and he's had issues with fastball command, um, he got nothing going. Then you've got nothing. Then you are a a like a bad one pitch pitcher. And that's what it's been. So I think what it boils um, down to as well um, is that last year was the max of what the, his skills generate as opposed to a new level. And I think a lot of us wanted to believe it was a new level yeah. as opposed to just the high end range of being Brady singer. And this year's yeah. kind of a low end range. Cause he has a one nine homer nine, but anyway, um, yeah, Sears, I have a, I have a quick question for you. Sorry to make it mm-hmm. to me centric. I'm not trying to uh, commandeer this, but Angel, uh, Patrick Sandoval against Houston or J.P. Sears? I'll take J.P. Sears. 15-teamer. I think so, too, man, because uh, Sandoval, man, talk about a a headache of watching somebody. Do not ever watch his starts unless you've got the acid control, uh, the Pepto on hand because, my goodness, is it maddening to watch him throw 712 balls. I thought you were going to say unless you're taking acid, don't watch his starts. Unless you also – also viable, yeah. If you're taking acid and you just want to see that ball floating, that mm-hmm. that change up dying, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Whoa, man, that looks awesome." That works too. But th- those are the only ways that I would watch Patrick Sandoval. And yeah. I, this comes from a Patrick Sandoval believer. You're right. you're a Patrick Sandoval guy, like big this time. From it for big you, right? time, and this is killing I'm, me. I'm not a Patrick Sandoval guy, and yeah, I know what I'm, I'm turning. That. I yeah. I am turning because like right now, you're not even getting the K's. And it's just, it's a mess. Look, right he's now, a whip so. murderer. Like, just he's not absolutely even a killer. destroying he, it. He's a it, serial killer of whips. <laughs> that's true. But at least he's salvaging it with the lucky ERA. The problem is that will dry up. Yeah. He has a 293 ERA right now, Patrick Sandoval does, that will dry up if he keeps walking an 11% clip and giving up hits the way he is. So I'm holding him, but I'm not necessarily starting him. But let's stay in Oakland. Believe it or not, we got two Oakland guys of some note to talk about here. We talked about J.P. Sears. Let's go to the hitting side. Speaking of guys I'm a fan of, J.J. Blade. They scooped him up in, I believe, that A.J. Puck deal, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's gone down to the minors and really changed himself. Seven homers. That's not the difference. Power's kind of been his game. But not striking out with some tangible changes, a 13% K rate down from 28% with Miami last year uh, in the majors and 27% in the minors. So he was the same guy, majors, minors, but also a 9% swinging strike rate, which is a three point dip on where he has been the last year plus. So that is a tangible dip. Is that enough to get you interested in J.J. Bleday on the A's? 
I mean, I was a Blade guy. Uh, I was really kind of bummed when he didn't make the opening day roster. Uh, you know, I thought going to Oakland. Sorry to interrupt you. I thought going to Oakland would guarantee him. I did right? too. And like, how do you not make Oakland's roster, dude? But hey, maybe they had plans for this. You know, we we make fun of teams that say they got to work on something or whatever when a guy's like ready. But maybe they did have plans for him to work on a swing change because we're seeing the fruits of it with Blade. Yeah, uh, at least early on. The question is, how much will he play? Is he a sh- yeah. strong side platoon guy? Right now, that's what it looks like. Um, that's and, okay, though, in a 15-teamer. But do you want a strong side platoon guy, platoon guy platoon playing in Oakland? Oakland? I know. Like, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And you're so right, like, he right. wasn't like – he was in my waterfalls, but um, he was not a guy that was like very high up. Like I, I grabbed yeah. Tyrone Taylor – uh over yep, him yep, yep. and other like even though i don't i think taylor might even be a short side platoon guy but i think there is like better potential team. yeah better team potential for him to get an everyday role at some point um especially with injuries and if he does do that then he becomes a lot more interesting so yeah i, I like blade but unless he if he's playing against lefties um i am looked at he's he not starting today against one and they didn't have they had one yesterday so it's two lefties in a row no blade yeah. he is in a strong side platoon you're right and on oakland you're exactly right it's one thing to be a strong side platoon on i was gonna say houston i know they're not playing at their peak but you know a good team which is whatever mm-hmm. any good team but on oakland you're dead right i think that's yeah. AL only then yeah, like twenty team mixer type. Stuff, I, I think in some fifteen team mix where, like in NFBC or daily moves, like where you can really maximize some of those plate appearances. Yeah, like, because hey, you have the got, got three righties coming up this weekend. Yeah. I can put them in type thing. Um, that then he makes a, a little bit more sense. But like in your standard weekly league, it, like him sitting three times a week, like is not on Oakland is not going to do much. No, that's, that's really tough. And for those that don't know, you make two offense moves in NFBC leagues, Monday through Thursday, and mm-hmm. then the weekend, Friday through Saturday. I so love it. Love it. It, it, it really helps things. And it changes the dynamic of how you can run hitters and platoon and or stream hitters. And like right now, I think you would start Blade because yes, there's a lefty today, but then three righties, but then on the weekend it's left, right, left, no shot. Yeah. You're starting him there. So that's a good call out. I do think there is some streamer ability in a 15 team mix. You're right. But if you're having to put in a starting outfielder um, in a 15 team, Blade can't be your guy. I think yeah. if, if you have to start him every day, that has to be like AL only. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and move Tyrone Taylor up a little bit, a couple spots, because we were going to talk about him since you brought his name up and you valued him over Blade. I totally get that from a standpoint of playing time right now because he is playing against righties. Uh, kind of stuff that he's done in the majors, so track record a little bit, and of course team quality, which he blows it out of the water because he's just not on Oakland, right? It doesn't really matter where he is, for those that don't know, of course he's in Milwaukee, but it doesn't matter where you are as long as it's not Oakland. Off to a slow start in six games, I don't really care about 19 plate appearances. Talk to us about why you liked Tyrone Taylor a bit uh, in the bids this week. Uh, Because he's shown power and speed, uh, and uh, he... Joey Weimer is not like he's kind of been who we thought Joey Weimer could be, which is a guy who has power and speed, but strikes out too much. And so yeah. uh, because, because Taylor can play center, uh, I think there is, if he can hit a little bit better, uh, I think he could like kind of take over center field um, if they decide they want to send Weimer back down. So um, 
which I think is a possibility if Weimer continues to struggle it's, to make contact. It's, it's, so. it's, we, it's Weimer. Or sorry, just, Weimer. Just um, FYI. Old Weems has a 70 WRC plus to your point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been a little bit of pop in, you know, five stolen bases for, um, for him. But uh, I think Taylor... I don't know. It, it was a seven dollar bid. Like it was. Yeah. It was like you know, like fourth or fifth guy in my waterfall. Um, but I'll I'll take it and see if I can roll with it for a week or two. And if it doesn't work out, then I move on to the next guy. That's the thing when you're spending that, uh, that that kind of money, which is not a lot. Mm-hmm. These are streams. These th- yeah. these have a finite amount of time. You're not. And I, I think I've talked about this on the show a bit because I know I've talked about it in my chat. We get too hung up on rest of season for guys and, and for different plays. It's like not everyone is rest of season. That's true. Yep. So then don't get focused on that. You know, where are you at for the next three to six weeks with somebody? That's what you want to really focus on uh, yep. with a lot of players. Of course, you know, you're putting $400 on somebody like Bryce Miller. Okay, that has to have some long-term viability because you're spending 40% of your budget. But you're spending 7 bucks out of 1000 on Tyrone Taylor? He could give you a homer and a steal this week, and that's more than worth it. So, yeah. Um, you buying into the Marcelo Zuna power surge at all? He's he was a popular pickup this week. He now has six homers, still only a seventy WRC plus himself, but quality plate skills. Believe it or not, fourteen percent walk rate, twenty two percent K rate, a one oh nine Babbitt. Um, surely that has to come up, right? Like. Is there? Listen, I know he's off the field, not a good dude. I know people are probably screaming at their device, saying that guy's a piece of shit. Though I get that, and if you want to play with no pieces of shit on your team, fine. But he is getting picked up. Marcelo Zuna is out there. Do you think that there is a an upside here with that Babbitt progressing, uh, given the rest of his skills and the power that he's currently surging with? Yeah, I mean, even over the last two weeks, uh, where a lot of this hot, you know, kind of streak is coming from. He's still got a 190 Babbitt. Like, he did 258 over the last two weeks. Well, with a 190 homers don't Babbitt. count. Homers yeah, don't count for the Babbitt, that, you know? That's part of the issue of why why uh, the Babbitt is so low. Um, he is making better decisions, especially outside the zone, uh, which is a really good sign. Now, he's not making, like, elite zone contact or anything like that. It's, like, around league average. Uh, you know, over this hot stretch. So, like, I don't think he's, like, going to turn in, like, back into the Marcelo Zuna of old. But, like, yeah. could he be 80% or 75% of what he was at one point? Yeah, and that's a pretty valuable player, especially in 15-team leagues. So, and in spite of the fact that he is a garbage person and has been a garbage player offensively and defensively, the Braves have weirdly stuck with him, so they they, I, they, they really have. And I I, I don't know, man. They're like, I I, I don't want to like speculate about the off field stuff because I don't know. But usually you you think I gone. I was surprised when he uh, he didn't get just cut because um, the sad the sad reality we know is that like your your leash is as long as your quality is to, to yeah, the team, absolutely. right? Like they they jump through hoops to keep you when you're a superstar. Uh, but same infraction or even a lesser infraction of a bad player and you're out with with yesterday's paper type of deal. Mm-hmm. So that has been kind of an interesting thing about the Ozuna situation um, that, that Especially they have it's not like him. they have a dearth of talent like they we well, yeah, had freaking brave. So who, who even yeah, knows there? I think it's just like, you know, maybe some cost fallacy. But either way, 
they if they're giving him the run when he's awful, like they're going to continue to give him the run when he's not awful. And so, yeah, I think he was a worthy gamble. He, again, another guy who was in my waterfall that I just didn't end up with because uh, I wasn't willing to spend more than, you know, like 10 bucks on the guy. So uh, I don't know. I guess he's fine. I there could certainly be a surge there. Um, he mm-hmm. was pretty cheap, though. You know, we talk about Babips, and and here's the thing: even if it regresses to what he, Marcelo Zuna has done the last two years, it's only going to go to 250. But again, is that 109 right now? Yeah. So that would still be, you know, if if the bottom line gets to 250, well, then that's a big surge. But even if he just hits a 250 Babbitt from here forward, and he's like a 230, 220 average with a bunch of homers there can be some value there. So I see why he was picked up. That makes sense to me. Uh, what about Michael Garcia over in Kansas City? Uh, definitely like a speed play type. Did you have any interest in him? I know there was rumblings of him breaking camp. Uh, it didn't end up happening. Of course, he goes down to AAA, and he's already up with two steals, by the way, just like real quick, bang, bang. Did did get four in the minors, but he was four for seven, so he was, he was going maybe a little aggressively. But looks like kind of a, a slap type hitter with some speed and some defense. Michael Garcia, any interest for KC? Twenty three years old. Yeah, I had a lot of interest. Unfortunately, he went for triple digits in my auction and like eighty bucks in my main. Um, I got him in one of my OCs for like I don't know thirty bucks or something like that. I I, I think he's gonna play really regularly. Uh, and at third base where he's going to pick up eligibility. So he's going to have short and third eligibility. Uh, so middle and, and corner a, too. Yeah, maybe. and be a speed asset. Um, and, I mean, he's replacing Nicky Lopez, who's out with appendicitis uh, right now. So he's going to be – Lopez is going to be out for four to six weeks. I think there's a real possibility, and in, 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 I maybe even call it a probability – as opposed to a possibility that he just replaces Nicky Lopez. This is a Wally Pip situation, and uh, and Garcia becomes the a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Okay. Uh, but a, I mean, a guy who I mean, he could legit steal twenty five plus bags the rest yeah. of the way. Like I mean, uh, so definitely. Like, if in terms of fantasy, like there's a lot of fantasy value to be had with Garcia. He's got a pretty good hit tool. I don't think there's a ton of power, especially in that park, but. Uh, I think Garcia could be a really, really nice fantasy pickup. And so, and with that increased eligibility, once he gets third base, like that is super, super valuable, um, especially with the amount of injuries everybody's dealing with right now. So uh, yeah, I like Garcia a lot. I wish I had been able to get him for a little bit cheaper than he went for, but I wasn't, I wouldn't spend triple digits on it. No, I, I think that's fair too, about not wanting to spend triple digits on, on Michael Garcia. People are that desperate for the speed. I get it because he does have some big upside there, but uh, I, I pretty much agree with everything else you say, including that he could soak up that playing time real quick and and all of a sudden they look up. Uh, uh, Nicky Lopez looks up when he gets back and he's out of a job. Hunter Dozier also got to be looking over his shoulder. He's kind of on a short side platoon right now. Uh, Nick Prado also out in KC. Remember, got to rewind back to about uh, last winter, but at that point, Nick Prado was way ahead of Vinny Pasquantino in in prospect world. Vinny Pasquantino was this off the radar, like you had to be a prospect hipster to even kind of know who he was. Nick Prado was like this, you know, dude, like ready to be top 40, top 50 type. And they've taken obviously 
quite different paths since then. And Prado had a really bad year last year, um, particularly at the major league level. He was he was fine in the minors. And then this year started off pretty poorly in AAA. Again, 81 plate appearances. We're not going to overly parse that 173 Babbitt. He's come up so far. Uh, he's doing his thing, you know, heavy swing and miss, riding a crazy 545 Babbitt. So his Babbitt progression is coming in the form of his major league work so far. But he's got a homer. Uh, is Nick Prado somebody that interests you? He's playing some outfield uh, and first base, left and first right now. Yeah. Um, so he has gone from being uh, a bit too aggressive uh, to being uh, maybe even a bit too passive. Like the I know people are going to see that 37% strikeout rate and go, oh, he's just the same old Nick Prado. But it comes with an 11% or almost 12% swing strike rate. So he's actually, when he's striking out, it's because he's being too passive in the zone. Um, and he's actually making a good amount of zone contact and only swinging outside the zone about a quarter of the time, which is, you know, below league average or, you know, or better than league average. Yeah. Uh, is what I should say. So it's hard uh, with some of those numbers, <laughs> like where you want to be lower. So, uh, things are actually look really kind of nice for Nick Prado. And uh, the question will be, will they continue to let him play? Um, because they're going to want to play Sal Perez at DH. Uh, Vinny P is going to play every game he, you know, plays at first base. And so his own Prado's only option is in the outfield. And, uh, I mean, I guess well, he's, well, he's played seven. No, games. no, no. See here, they can work it like this: oh, Melendez outfield, Pe Perez yeah. catching, mm -hmm. Pasquantino DH, Prado first. So there's a world where true. all four of them can still play pretty comfortably. Because uh, Melendez I, is a wretched catcher. Melendez can't. Melendez yeah. probably won't be catching. I mean, soon. Like he's just not really good at it, and he's such a good, or can be such a good hitter that I think is got more value not being behind the dish anyway to the to the Royals. Yeah, and I mean, uh, unless he's turned it around recently, Melendez has just been a He's not hitter. hitting very um, well this year. That's why I said he can be a good hitter because he is not currently showing it with a 72 WRC+. plus. Though, I mean, he's been better as of late, which I mean, okay. isn't saying a ton. Sure, because of where he's coming he's, from. Yeah, over the last two weeks in 238, but that, that has boosted up his average quite a bit because it was mm – -hmm. Uh, it was really, really bad at one point. So, uh, yeah, I think Prado's really interesting. And right now, the Royals have a lot of injuries in that outfield. So, uh, yes. you know, Kyle Isbell got hurt. I mean, to the point where they had to bring Nate Eaton back because he was the only person who could really play center. Um, so, yeah, because they I lost Prado, Waters earlier, too. Like, yeah, way earlier. Yeah, wa yeah, Waters got hurt in spring training. Waters is working his way back. Um, so, there may be uh kind of a short leash for prado but i think okay. he can hit and maybe find a way to keep a role on his team okay um i mean I, I could certainly see that again he was the big time prospect i certainly give some credence to uh to prospect status at least for a bit you know we're seven eight years into somebody's career and they've shown themselves not to be any good i don't I don't still lean on their prospect status, but Prado is still an MLB baby. Uh, I, I hope he turns speaking. into a star because I've been holding on to him in a couple dynasty leagues, <laughs> and like just where just by sheer like like stubbornness. And I'm like, like, no, like, I'm hoping, committing. Yeah, I can like try to flip him at some point, or or maybe he turns into a good player for me. So 
I have some bias toward Prado because he uh, he plays very well in, ML- in uh, not in MLB the show in out of the park baseball. He simulates very well. Regularly becomes a premier power hitter. So I'm always like, well, Nick Prado's a beast. And then I look at his major league numbers. And I'm like, well. Not yet, at least. Um, <laughs> what about another speed guy? I, I kept the two KC guys together, but we could have talked about Emmanuel Valdez right after the uh, Michael Garcia chatter because this is another speed guy. He's got three steals on the year. They picked him up from Houston last year, and I believe the Christian Vasquez deal. And Emmanuel Valdez has hit pretty well right now. He's riding a hot Babbitt at 379, but it's it's yielding a 324, 342, 486 slash line. Do you have any love for Emmanuel Valdez? Who's uh, who's playing and and running? Um, I need to go and look at the situations in which he's stole because he is not fast. Okay, um, not, he so is not, not a speedster. Stole. I was judging off of the three yeah. steals. Pardon yeah. me on that. Um, so I, I think this is one of those situations where it's really important to kind of like, oh, dude's got three stolen bases. Is like, hey, he's a burner. Um, yeah, I, but, I, I didn't bid on him, so I, I didn't do a deep dive or anything. Pardon me on that by calling him a speedster. Yeah. I went solely off the three SPs. That's my fault. Yeah, he had a total of eight stolen bases between uh, three stops in the minor leagues last year. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to wonder, like, how much of that is just taking advantage of bad hitting. His, his sprint speed is 17th percentile. Oh, um, And okay. he has... He has uh, a grade of 30 speed in our prospect. And he's actually got more pop. And Manuel Valdez had 28 homers across the double A yeah. and two triple A levels that he hit hit last year. So, okay, different player type than I thought. So, um, yeah, like, uh, maybe he offers, like, you know, kind of some chip-in stolen bases. Like, if he has three stolen bases the rest of the way, I'm, I'm actually – like going to be a little bit surprised uh, yeah. and uh, maybe offers a little bit of pop. Like I think he's going to get a chance to play, but he really profiles. I think mostly Valdez as a sum of all parts kind of guy, as opposed yep. to a little bit of everything. It does a little bit of everything, but nothing particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he holds onto the job, but I doubt it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I think it's kind of not much worth much of anything. Okay. And Manuel Valdez, um, you know, just a name that was popping up. Uh, but And that's the thing, too. Half half of their IL is uh, is guys who could play second base. Arroyo, Mondesi, Yu Chang, Trevor Story. So, obviously, they're coming back in different parts of the season, but it will be tough for Valdez to hold on. Now, he is a utility type. He can bounce around, but it looks like he'll probably always be scrapping for some PT. So, probably a yeah. short-term pickup this week, then, if anything, there. And do not rely on him for steals because that is not part of his game mm-hmm. normally. Uh, Gavin Sheets, an old friend, man. I was a big Gavin Sheets guy last year. And, you know, I, I think he, what, did he end up reaching 20 homers? No, he had 15. No. So, like, there there were bouts of, like, oh, Gavin Sheets. He, he was a hot pickup, like, three, four different weeks last year. And that's what he is right now. He's kind of in another, another zone. Uh, I would imagine they have a decent bit of righties coming up, because he is a platoon guy. In fact, they have all righties in a seven-game week. That's why Gavin Sheets comes up. What do you think of the uh, the power platoon guy? Do, do you think he was worth picking up this week because of that schedule friendliness? Um, yeah, well, and the fact that like the White Sox are beat up once again. You know, they're yeah. missing both Moncada and Jake Berger, and now Eloy for the next four to six weeks. Like so, oh, there also are un- appendectomy. By the way, you mentioned yeah. Nicky Lopez's. Mm-hmm. That's also what uh, Eloy is going with. 
going through. Yeah, awesome. We took we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Just snake bit, dude. Big time. Um, Big time. So I mean, at least this time it wasn't his fault necessarily, right? Like you just can't. It's still missed that. time, but yeah, like but, you can't put that on the check mark of like this dude's injury prone. Like, well, I, especially I now because he doesn't have another appendix to lose. Like this, true. Like so, a, it won't like, threaten him again in the future. Yeah. Good, if good anything, call. this yeah, this should make him less like. Right? like <laughs> this clears the runway has, now, he dude. He has one less vital organ to hurt. Like exactly, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, for sheets it's going to be about opportunity. Like he is usually a pretty decent hitter as a strong tie platoon guy. Uh, when he has opportunity right now, he's got opportunity and probably does for the next four to six weeks with mm -hmm. Eloy out. Um, so I think you kind of play the matchups with him. Uh, I'd rather have him than these, you know, Blade, I guess, because I know that he's probably, you know, he's at least on a better team in a better part. So, um, I don't know. I, I like Blade a lot. I, it's close. I, I, um, I really I like Blade, but I'm a big Sheets guy. Because Blade, you can, Sheets. I think you can make the argument it should be Blade only because you know once Eloy comes back, like Blade is still going to be playing, right? Um, and there is a scenario in which they go, all right, we're going to give Blade a chance to hit lefties and see what happens, right? What do we have to lose? Just more games, right? That's what <laughs> Oakland does best anyway. So um, I, I, it's close, but I think maybe I do give Blade a little bit of an edge. I, this would go back to what I was saying earlier, though, about not thinking too far in the future. If we're just looking at the next four to six weeks, which is the time that Eloy is down, yeah, you're right, you're right. Mm -hmm. then I would go Sheets. If we expand it out further, I think you do start to push – Maybe a little bit more of a Lede thing, especially if you're talking keeper because of the age relativity mm -hmm. um, and the fact that I maybe, think the like you deeper said, the league, the deeper the league, maybe I lean Lede because there's less to replace on the way wire. But in if you're like looking to stream in a 12 team league, then you go sheets because there's another Lede on the waiver wire in that. 12 exactly. Team to pick up one sheets lose one time. I think that makes sense. And, you know, as a streamer, sheets can rock for a week. Yeah. Blasting righties for a week. He could play like anybody uh you know any any stud in and a 12 teamer there i also think like i think we talked about this in preseason um or in draft season uh the central doesn't have a lot of lefties no no it's a good and there so, might there might be some adjustment because uh uh you know rotations change but we did do that assessment and it really wasn't that bad for for al central yeah. uh, left-handed batter so that's a good call speaking of studs dylan carlson getting picked up because he's an absolute monster of a player. Justin can't stand Dylan Carlson. I still love Dylan Carlson. Uh, he is playing better of late, but uh, you know, the bottom line numbers still aren't great, but he's the, he's the center fielder right now. So I think this is a playing time play more than anything else. That's why he's getting picked up in deeper leagues. I know you're not a big fan, so maybe advise others, not yourself. He's played every game the last, uh, the last week that I can see here on roster resource. Any interest in Dylan Carlson? Yes. Yes, I do have some interest because the underlying skills are showing really good improvements. Uh, he's hitting the ball harder. He's making better zone contact and that defense matters, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially when you've got a pitching staff that is struggling uh, and being let down by their defense. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think Dylan Carlson is a really interesting pickup. Uh, the problem becomes... I don't know what the hell they're doing in St. Louis. You know, I talked about this Period. yeah. <laughs> with Jason, 
Um, because moving Wilson Contreras to DH takes away a spot for other guys, yep. which means guys like Dylan Carlson, guys like uh, Nolan Gorman, guys like Juan Yepes. Uh, I think it screws Gorman the most because he's nicked right now. And well, I don't think he is playing second base again, but he maybe shouldn't be because of his back. Um, Carlson being the center fielder really helps though. Cause Donovan, you're not mm-hmm. putting center. You're not putting Burles in there. I think you can stretch newt, but Carlson's just clearly a better center fielder. So that helps him right now. And that's why he's playing every day. Cause they hate Tyler. Yeah. who's also, on I, the yeah, IL, I think, but I think ultimately just hurts everybody. Like yeah, it just, no, you're it right. Just, you're right. Especially, you know, once Tyler O'Neill comes back, they'll have to figure out a spot for Tyler O'Neill too. Uh, like, on another team is the other, is the spot. They should. Why won't they just trade someone? I don't know. Like, I hey, just, uh, he was in their division. They didn't see that Wilson Contreras can't catch very well. This is, are they stunned by been, this? Like, I mean, I know he hasn't been great, but like he, he is not the reason they are losing. Like this is, this is not a Wilson Contreras issue. The thing of um, it is though, you need a premium framer with that pitching. So it is kind of on him, but it's also on them for not, not planning that, right? Like you, you need the transition from Yachty to the next guy to be a premium guy, I believe, because of the way your your system is set up. So no, he hasn't been killer. He's not the worst guy in the league. Shea Langoliers couldn't frame a fucking photo. Like it's unbelievable how bad he is. Like he is by far the worst. So like, so, so oh. don't don't ask Shea Langoliers to frame the poster I just got. Bro, yeah, exactly. If you're over at like the Kinkos or whatever, and you're getting something. And he's next, when you go there, next you, in line, yeah. wait, go look at the yeah. envelopes and say, no, I want to look at this. You can help the next person and wait for somebody yeah. else because you do not want Shay Langley. Go doing over it. to Michael's as opposed to. Exactly. Else, yeah. My, on the framing numbers, minus 1.9 for JT Ramuto, the, the low, and he's second lowest. And then it's Shay Langley's minus 5.2. That disparity Ooh, is, in, and that's among qualified catchers. So anyway, um, and for context, Contreras is minus 1.0. So he's not the worst, but I do think you need an absolute monster there to maximize these finesse guys. And that's why they should have just stuck with the original plan, which was to get Sean Murphy because guess who's leading the MF in league, Sean Murphy. You know, it's funny though. Number two in the league is his brother. Maybe you got to call a little bro and say, what are the tricks over there in Milwaukee? How did they make your ass a good catcher? Cause you used to mm-hmm. suck at that, but they have a factory. Go watch the foolish baseball video on the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Milwaukee catching factory because they did it with Omar Narvaez too. So like, anyway, Jonathan Lurkroy, like, yeah, Lurkroy like, like, became an absolute back guy. in the day. Like, yeah. So, I, I don't think it's all Contreras' fault. I think it's more their fault, but they needed a premium catcher there, and so they set him up for failure because the simple fact is he's just not that good at it. So you're right. Your main point about fantasy is how it hurts everybody. Um, maybe uh, Kisner and Trace Pereira playing more does help the pitchers a little bit, though, right? So the offensive hit players are hurt by Contreras pushing the to DH and taking more playing time from those guys, but as far as the catcher change... Maybe this helps the pitchers a little bit. Maybe I mean, like, who's it going to help though? Like, maybe it helps Jack Flaherty a little bit. Stephen Matz is bad. Uh, like Stephen Matz is, coming from you, that's interesting. We have we've had a turn. Uh, we've had a turn of heart. He's just, he is just bad, and Matthew Liberatore is why is not, he not bad, up? and why should is he just not be up? in the rotation? Wainwright is just Wainwright. Like he's you know like he's he's not good anymore like this is not like he's fine though right 
Oh, by the way, I guess you know for Michaelis, like you know maybe for Michaelis and for for Flaherty, but I, I mean, Flaherty might just be bad too. Like I mean, that's true. I mean, his command is pretty rough, but I mean, I think they need every little help they can get. By the way, Kisner tenth. Um, once you do unqualified, so even with fewer innings, this is a cumulative stat here with the framing. So the more volume, the better. Well, I guess it depends how well you're doing, but um, in 105 innings, he's ranking 10. So he is really tangibly helping the ball, the the pitchers there. But can, can, uh, can I just say though, like, and maybe this is like, you know, I just came off of Sarah Sanchez's podcast, and I shouldn't like talk bad about these guys, but. Have the Cubs really lost any of the, like, from losing those guys that they didn't, like, Bryant hasn't been good and got a big contract. I mean, look uh, at the Contreras time of their been careers. fine offensive, is good yeah. offensively. But look but at Baez the time of their careers. Been, Baez has been a Baez has been a nightmare, and Rizzo's super replaceable. Like, not yeah. a, not in the clubhouse. That's He's a leader through and through. But as far as, like, his production, like, would that have changed but their fate? People people roasted the Cubs front office on letting these guys just walk. And it may actually turn out to have been in fact, the, the bias trade correct might be the best of the bunch with Pete Crow Armstrong, yeah. who is a premium mm-hmm. defender. So um, yeah, definitely de- you make a good point there. Uh, all right. Chase Silseth is our last guy for the deep league. I only bring him up because uh, I wonder if you think he might take the rotation spot from Jose Suarez, who got blown up. Again. And hurt. And Nick, yes. So now he is on. Is he on the IL? No, he's day to day. Okay. I don't. Okay. I haven't seen. I didn't see an update as of last night. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll uh, I, dro- I drop. Right now. I drop Suarez and everything. I don't blame you. I don't blame I, you, man. It's, it's it's. He was on my bench for that game anyway, so it didn't it didn't hurt me. But um, yeah, he got dropped. Fifteen day in. IL, but. About okay. 20, 10 minutes, literally 11 minutes ago. So yeah, with so. shoulder discomfort. So do you think Silseth gets that gig? He's on the yeah. team already. Mm-hmm. Um, Tucker Davidson's there, Jaime Berea. So there's a couple other options. But I'm no, a Silseth guy. Um, he hasn't shown a ton at the major league level in terms of his skills, but I've, I've watched him a bunch. So I'm kind of I'm kind of clouded by that. I will I'll put that bias on the table. You watch a guy, you know, you could take you remember snapshots of the of the good. Uh, I've seen plenty of the bad though too. What do you think Still Seth can be? What kind of league pickup are you picking him up in, if at all? I mean, I don't think he's like a super interesting guy. Um, I don't. Like, he doesn't have like one pitch that really stands out to me. Yeah, he doesn't have great command. Shows flashes. Um, it, it, it's definitely one of those yeah. things where it's like in and out. And the inconsistency is the problem, right? Because, like, you say show flashes, or I say show flashes, but most guys do. That's why they're in the freaking majors. So it's not, yeah. in fairness, like, it's not even really saying that much to say somebody shows flashes. That's how you get to the majors. You got to show something. But it's just inconsistent right now. So I think he's, like, a, a streamer at best, 15-team style. Yeah, I'm interested to see, like, right now he's, like, kind of throwing 50% fastballs and kind of just mixing in his secondaries. I'd almost rather see him kind of, try to bring that under 50 percent and um, he did that last year and he and did I that last that better. year yeah uh the fastballs look good actually or, or it, it's not necessarily look good but it's played well so far so we'll kind of see how long it goes i just feel like that's gonna get beat up around i think he needs he needs to be a guy that kind of pitches backwards a little bit more to be effective at the major I league level that. 
I can see that. Chase Silseth gets a trip to Cleveland this weekend. I wouldn't mind necessarily starting yeah. that. Um, but not somebody that Cleveland's again, got some struggling offensive players yes, they right do. now. Yes, they do. But a traditional streamer. If you start still Seth here, mm-hmm. I'm probably cutting him against Miami. And you're never getting two steps because of the way um the Wait, you're not starting stuff. him against Miami? Minnesota is what I said. Oh, or what so, I meant uh, to say. I said Miami. Okay. Minnesota. I would definitely start him against yes, Miami. I, I, I would cut him against Minnesota. Minnesota, I would pass. All right, some shallow guys. A couple guys that we talked about last week. Kind of want to get an update on them. Well, let's start with one of those guys, Lamont Wade Jr. We talked about late night Lamont last week. Uh, he is now making his way to the uh, to, to the shallow league format because he's leading off every day against righties and batting uh, or playing but batting ninth against lefties. But at least he's getting that volume in there. And you you had some glowing things to say about late night Lamont last week. Do you agree with picking him up in shallower formats now? Because we both co-signed picking him up in the deeper leagues. Yeah, I tried to get him in a number of leagues this week. Wasn't able to. Um, and so I still only have the one uh, draft champions uh, share. But uh, you got to love what you're seeing from him because on top of like showing really good uh, contact within the zone, he's hitting lefties. And that was kind of always like one of the big issues with him was – he didn't hit lefties, so he wasn't going to play against them. Now you're talking about a guy who plays at a bad hitter's park only you know, part of the time. There are a lot of lefties in the NL West. Uh, but because he's hitting lefties right now, he's playing every day. The Giants don't have the depth to platoon him, even if I think they wanted to. So uh, I like, I like uh, Lamont Wade Jr. quite a bit as long as he's healthy, and right now he's healthy. Yep. Co-sign that. Think you're picking him up in 12s, maybe an occasional 10 with five outfielders right now, uh, but probably just 12s. But definitely somebody that I do think is uh, adding to his stock for sure. You mentioned Ezekiel Duran uh, earlier, and we kind of talked about him. He's now making his way down. I think you're going to co-sign this at least a bit because you pointed out how even when Corey Seager gets back, there's ways for him to find value by just playing somewhere every day and bouncing around pretty nicely. What do you think of Ezekiel Duran? I mean, this is, you know, the Christopher Morrell kind of uh, framework, which is I see ball, I swing at ball. Um, Right now it's working. Um, I don't anticipate it's going to work super well for an entire season, but you kind of ride with it until uh, like the strikeouts really start becoming an issue and he loses playing time. Uh, but there is power and speed, and right now there's opportunity. So um, I I have him in a couple leagues. I'm continuing to use him in those leagues. Uh, and as soon as those strikeouts come back to haunt him, I'll probably drop him for another guy. But uh, I think you just ride the wave for right now. Yeah, I think that's totally fair with Ezekiel Duran. Um, like I said, I did get him in one league, missed out on the main. But uh, I, th- I think he's worth definitely playing right now, especially on that Texas team, which I really like. I think they're a sneaky good offense, and they don't even have they don't even have Corey Seager right now. Another Ezekiel yeah. Tovar got cut a bunch, understandably, because he got off to a brutal, brutal start. In fact, his numbers still look like shit right now. But he was worthy enough to pick up from a bunch of folks, um, and moving down into some shallow format pickups. What do you think of Ezekiel Tovar? All right, so this is really interesting because Tovar is one of those guys that I think people, some people were really, really high on. I was kind of tepid on him. Like, I wasn't I was out. I wasn't out necessarily because it, it was a full-time job in Colorado. Uh, and he's been extremely hot over the last two weeks. 
uh, hitting uh, 326, uh, 356, 628, two home runs. God, how bad uh, was, was the beginning portion of the season? Because that only has really, them up to 243. Yeah, it was really, really bad. The problem is he's still he's doing the Ezekiel Tovar thing or the Ezekiel Duran thing, um, Chris Morrell thing, which is I see ball, I swing at ball. He's swinging outside the zone almost fifty percent of the time right now. Oh, um, inside the zone eighty one percent of the time, um, and so things are going really well. He's making good zone contact, you know, uh, and he's swinging a lot in the zone, but he's also swinging a lot out of the zone. I think pitchers are going to start just saying, well, can you lay off of stuff that's out of the zone? Uh, and if he can't, then his strikeout rate goes back up and he becomes a real big issue. So um, pitchers are going to, he's, he adjusted to pitchers. He went, well, I'm not going to be fast. So I'm going to get aggressive and start swinging at things. Pitchers are going to adjust back. And can he readjust back once he is adjusted too? That is my concern with Tovar. I think that uh, there could be some really ugly weeks coming back like we saw at the beginning of the season. So yeah. um, I think you can stream him for right now, especially at home. But once people start, you know, catching up to him, pitchers start catching up to him, uh, I think he might be a guy you end up having to drop. Or um, uh, I'm, I'm looking at his home road splits. Uh, yeah, he's in 268 at home, 218 on the road. So a guy that at best you really want to just use at home. Yeah, Ezekiel Tovar, shortstop for the Rockies. You know, still learning on the job, though, too, so give him a little bit of leeway there. Mm-hmm. Nick Senzel, our last one. I cut off the other two names there because we got to get going here. Um, I still want to talk about some of those closers. Nick Senzel was picked up in the deeper leagues last year, uh, last week, gave you three hits and a homer on the first day. You're like, yes, I'm a genius. Promptly went two for 20 the rest of the, or two for 19 with a walk the rest of the week. What do you think about Nick Senzel in the shallower formats? Is he worth pick? Obviously, not didn't have a great week, but had been blazing hot before that. So we're not just judging off of last week. But are you in on him as a twelve-team pickup after the fifteen-team pickups last week? Mm, I think I am. He's still playing. Uh, he's still playing every day. He's picked up that third base eligibility, so now he's got uh, third and outfield. Uh, the XBA is pretty good. Uh, making decent contact in the zone and not like being egregious in terms of swing outside the zone, being more aggressive in the zone. I like some of the things I'm not quite ready to be like, well, he's never going to be the guy we thought he could be. Yeah. Um, almost certainly not. Yeah. But I do think that he can be, especially with that dual eligibility infield outfield. Uh, I think he can be a usable piece in 12 team leagues. Yeah, I think so too. I, I'm I'm rooting for Nick Senzel, man. I really do like him. I, I hope that he can be, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. Got to stay healthy before anything's going to come together there. Uh, let's talk about some of these closer potentials. I want to get your thoughts on where you're picking them up, what kind of viability you think they have. It might be short term. That's the thing. None of these are even the guy right now, um, or the one who is is on the worst team in the universe. But let's start with Jason Adam. Uh, he's going to come out and try to get some saves here while Peter Fairbanks is out. And hey. That one, that one's all you. You were out on Pete Fairbanks due to the health specifically. It's not that I didn't know that the health existed, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to gamble on him that uh, maybe he finds a healthy year. But guys who get hurt consistently tend to keep doing it. So Pete Fairbanks out right now. It, it looks temporary. It's only supposed to be a couple weeks. But Adam looks like the guy. Where are you going after him? Where do you like Adam? Can he overtake this job? Et cetera, et cetera. What's your outlook on Jason Adam? 
I think Fairbanks gets a job back once he's back healthy. And all the reports have been that this is not a serious injury. He's already playing catch. Um, and that he should be back maybe even by the end of this week or but more than likely next week. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I have zero faith in Pete Fairbanks of health. Uh, I'm I know. grabbing Adam anywhere I can and I'm holding on to him. If people drop Jason Adam, when Fairbanks comes back, I will be swooping in because I think it is just a matter of time before Pete Fairbanks is back on the IL. Uh, I think Jason Adam is a okay. really, really good pitcher uh, and uh, victory lap. Victory lap, victory lap. Um, that little breaking news there. Jason just texted Mason Miller uh, in and out, right elbow tightness for for Mason Miller. Uh, not great right now. We don't have anything further, so just putting that out. People will know about it by the time they listen to this. But that it's breaking news to us mm. right this minute. So what did we say about him? I mean, with him specifically, like okay, you know, if it yeah. happens to Bryce Miller. Or, um, you know, Bybee or whatever. It's like any pitcher can get hurt. But, man, you really – and, again, this is coming from the guy who says, like, don't overrate injury risk relative – or injury safety. Again, my point is always Mm -hmm. don't overrate injury safety. But even with somebody like Miller, the writing was on the wall, dude. He had 31 professional innings. So that was what made it so tough to bid – like with crazy numbers with him. But also I think this is one of the reasons why like it's kind of crazy to bid huge amounts on any pitcher. Oh no, you're you right, because they can one get pitch away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. From, absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, we didn't His think chances Garcia were higher. had yeah, we exactly. didn't think Garcia had a chance of like we thought like, yo, he might be bad, but he's not gonna be That's hurt, my point right? though, like, too. Yeah. Is it, that underscores my point better than Luis Garcia yeah. one. Oh, he's safe. He's been healthy. No, he's not. And so that Nobody. again, I'll Nobody reiterate that safe. point. It's just that there is no such thing as safe. There are guys with heightened risk. Mason Miller definitely had it, and right now, ooh, could could be bad. All right, Michael King, another guy looking to get some saves here. Clay Holmes is not out, but you know he got the dreaded vote of confidence, which is basically the kiss of death. But he's still in the mix. Um, but King is kind of getting the ninth right now. What did you think of the Yankees situation? Do you like Michael King? Did you get him anywhere? I did. I, I grabbed uh, Michael King in a couple leagues, especially where I only had like one kind of real closer and had been kind of filling in with guys that haven't been working out real well. So uh, I think he could be really, really good. I also think that this isn't a set job for him mm-hmm. where he is getting, you know, 90% of the saves. I think he's probably getting like 60 to 70% of the saves and then other guys fill in. Uh, we saw Ian Hamilton get a save. Um, you know, Clay Holmes will be kind of in the mix, but I think King gets the majority of them until the Yankees trade for someone at the deadline. Yeah, I think that's I think that's totally fair there. Um, I like Michael King a lot. Clay Holmes is not bad. Tough situation. Good team though too. So you know they can share some saves and both can still be fantasy viable. Mm-hmm. Here's the guy that uh, it, it might be the A guy because they cut somebody. Uh, they cut Juris Familia, but Oakland, Zach Jackson, who gives a shit about the A guy in <laughs> in freaking Oakland, though, right? He did get a save this weekend, and that's why he was picked up and saves our saves. But what do you think of Zach Jackson in Oakland? Oh, this totally burns me because I had picked up Zach Jackson for like a dollar or two dollars in a bunch of leagues. 
and then ended up dropping him last week only because familia was was familia. doing the thing yeah because it looked familiar gotten two saves and yeah there might only be two more saves left <laughs> uh you know uh, <laughs> so uh this one kind of burned me a little bit but i also wasn't willing to spend the price on what he went for this week because it's oakland and they might only get two more saves and i don't know for sure that zach jackson is the quote-unquote dude because they like him to be in a multi-inning uh, uh, relief role at times. So, uh, like, Sam Mole could get uh, some work. Um, they might, like, revive, you know, Keith Folk or something. I don't know. Like, who I mean, might, like, nightmare if it's a split, right, because of how bad this team yeah. is. Like, you cannot think of a worse situation if they end up splitting it. That's for sure. Yeah. And, I mean like maybe trevor may comes back at some point yeah or danny jimenez or like who the hell is rico garcia i don't know but he might get a save he, he might um i should have saved that one for relief congressman versus, or, yeah uh, absolutely congressman. that that would have been that would, you know uh you know what they should do is just put Sh- uh, shintaro fujinami in the role since might as well now their highest paid reliever yeah you know, um, i mean but at least try to get something you know you could try to have him close mm-hmm. i mean that's the quickest way to lose some games though is to have him you know start throwing the ball all over the place but it's something um, uh, and, and the other day uh austin pruitt was the answer on the mlb wordle thing oh wow. um it's it's called pickle on the mlb yeah. app mlb pickle is uh, great and uh and I, that was just unfair like no, that, that, that's that's mean. that's that deep that that, that right was there. an option. Yeah, like I don't know how any the only way you got that is if you cheated. I did not know Austin <laughs> Pru was on the A's. Yeah, I don't think I would have known that either. Um last two guys here under the saves are saves type of deal too, because it's Mark Leiter Jr. I believe didn't we talk about him on Friday? Or am I crazy on that? Because didn't he get the well, save? He got he got the save while yeah, we were recording. Okay. So we both and then still the next co-signed day, Fulmer. And then the next day Albert Alzelay got it. it. Yeah. Has your outlook changed there from the weekend with Alzale getting one, but then blowing the game on Sunday? Where do you currently stand? And I think Fulmer pitching like some early innings as well. Do and, you, but he's still stand? really well. I, I know. still stand by it. Okay, okay. So you still stand I with think, Fulmer. Honestly, I think this is just a hot potato. Like I think I think I think everybody's gonna get a save. Um but then I, they're not good enough to hold then, right? Like King Holmes, if they're splitting 50 50, I'm, I'm holding both in like any format pretty much. But if we're bouncing around Alzale, Leiter Jr., Fulmer, Boxberger, yeah. yeah. I mean, because Julian Mayerweather might get involved. In so some, like, can, can you hold any of these guys then? Temporarily, I've, I guess. Week I've to held, week? Yeah, I, I think you can hold for now, but like we saw Leiter go for some, you know expensive prices that's what i'm um, saying dude there were some and, numbers out there and that that becomes a real problem because like maybe he gets 30 percent of the saves moving forward mm-hmm. uh, but like if the cubs are in like contention don't the cubs go out and get someone at the deadline to just you would think so to, to be like the guy and then all these other yeah. guys are the bridge i also yeah. i gotta be honest i i'm a long time alzale fan so I wouldn't say that I'm like putting all my money behind him, but my my hopes are behind him because I I would like to see him like get somebody the job. spend a hundred ninety five dollars on Leiter. on Mark Leiter Jr. Yeah, 
Did they think it in, was Jack Leiter got called up and it was I, a dynasty league? I, I can't I can't even rationalize it was Jack Leiter. Their honest. team name is President Jesus. So I don't know. I don't know they, what to take from that. I, 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 don't, I, I either. don't either. But I, I will say this. I do have to get going because I got another spot coming up right after this. And we got to have, oh, Pierce Johnson, last guy under saves our Don't saves. care. Okay. You don't, not even the Colorado saves. Do you think Bard gets it back fully? I think Bard gets it back. I think they're going to work him in. We might have even talked about Pierce Johnson recently too. I don't remember. Anyway, those He's were the bad. saves are saves. He's bad at pitching. He is not good, yeah. And so I know Bard has struggled, but when Bard is right, he's he's quite good. And so even though it's Colorado, I think he's still the better guy. So there you go. There's your week seven key pickups. Um, I'm back probably in the middle of the week with something. I, I'm going to start working out some uh, some guests myself or solo, either or. But Justin, I hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.